Well, take your Bibles, if you would, this morning. And thank you for being here. And let's turn to the book of Ephesians this morning, chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. And we are going to continue this series called Going Orange. And I'm excited about uh, the response that I'm getting and the the good word of uh, encouragement in this area of family. And I think that impacts all of us. And so what we want to do this morning is kind of do part two on marriage. And Brother Daniel, I don't know if you could slide that board this direction. That would be wonderful. I'm getting out the plexiglass today. So you know I've got something I want to explain to you. And uh, in Ephesians chapter 5, it gives us the pattern, the pattern for which marriage uh, will help us have the kind of marriage that beats to the heartbeat of God. Well, I was wanting you to pay attention at the end of this coming week because the Pope is visiting America. And here's the reason I want you to pay attention when the Pope visits. Because part of his visit is in coordination with uh, uh, what's called the World Meeting of Families. The World Meeting of Families. And so I was intrigued by this because one of the things that I'm hearing and that I'm reading is that when the Pope comes, what he wants to talk about most is the crisis in families. So I'm wondering, is the Pope going orange? I think that would be kind of exciting. And, and listen to some of the things that he is saying. And, I, and why I want you to pay attention is I want you to see what the news covers. I want you to see what the media presents in terms of what the message is about families coming from Pope Francis. And put aside all of the differences and all of what you might be thinking. And listen to some of his quotes. And these are some of the things you ought to be saying too. He said this. He said the family is in crisis. He says today today there are those who say that marriage is out of fashion. Is it out of fashion? In a culture of relativism and the ephemeral, many preach the importance of enjoying the moment. They say that it is not worth making a lifelong commitment, making a definitive decision forever because we do not know what tomorrow will bring. I ask you indeed to be revolutionaries. I ask you to swim against the tide. Yes, I am asking you to rebel against this culture that sees everything as temporary and that ultimately believes you are incapable of responsibility, that believes you are incapable of true love. That's a great statement. He goes on to say, earlier, he said, at stake is the identity and survival of the family, father, mother, and children. At stake are the lives of many children who will be discriminated against in advance and deprived of their human development given by a father and a mother and willed by God. At stake is the total rejection of God's law engraved in our hearts. You know what I'm hearing said there is, something, is, is what I'm trying to communicate as well. And what I know that you believe as well is that God, family and marriage is God's idea, not man's. It's God's idea, not man's. We didn't come up with this scheme. We didn't come up with this plan. God came up with it. And now we're seeking to change this plan. And we change it, as Pope Francis would agree, to our own detriment, to the decay of society. And so what going orange is for us is, is combating that within our church, combating that within our scope and sphere of influence. 
I want to encourage you as families and encourage us as a church to work together to strengthen the heart of the home. And at the heart of the home, at the heart of a home is, is, a, is a godly marriage. And we saw this last week as, as Jesus responded to some Pharisees who, were, uh, who brought up the controversy of marriage. You know, marriage has always been controversial. It always has, and it's always been twisted. And because marriage is that place where God chose to reveal himself and bring forth a godly offspring. And so from the very Garden of Eden, from the very beginning, Satan has been attacking this place where God's image would be reflected, God's future children, the, the, the future of man uh, would, would come out of it. He's been attacking that area ever since the beginning. And so Jesus comes against this and he says, listen, look back to the beginning. Look to the original intent. Marriage is to, uh, the heart of the home must beat in rhythm. If it's going to give that life giving source to the children and to the coming generations, it must beat in rhythm with God's original purpose, which is to bring Him glory. And second of all, he says it must, it must beat to the, in rhythm with God's intended pattern for marriage. That pattern is where I want to stop today and think about what does marriage look like when it is marching in rhythm with the heartbeat of God. What does that look like? Well, you know from the very beginning that there is a, a type of Trinitarian, Trinitarian model for marriage. And it goes something like this. We have God, we have man, and we have, whoa, man. Right? We have this wonderful Trinity that these three were meant to go together. And they go together with a flow and with a headship as God is the head of the man and man is the head of the woman and then in this, this symbiotic relationship where God is ministering to both the man and the woman and the men and the women are ministering to one another and worshiping God. And this is just this wonderful Trinitarian type of relationship that is to be modeled that started off in the Garden of Eden. And then when sin broke this relationship, what other relationship did it break? It broke this relationship. As soon as the flow was cut off between God and man and God and the woman, it, it broke that relationship. And from the very beginning of existence, after the Garden of Eden, we have marriage containing two broken people. And it takes the grace and mercy of God to, to come in and see what Jesus did. Here's the gospel in marriage. What Jesus did is he removed this barrier, didn't he? He removed the brokenness between God and man and God and woman. And now the Holy Spirit comes into our lives and we have this ability to commune with God. And since that vertical relationship is now healed we're still struggling with the flesh, then the relationship now with this, uh, this trinity, this triangle of relationship rebuilt, now man and woman can have a unity that they couldn't earlier. So the gospel came in and presented this wonderful 
uh, and repaired this wonderful relationship. And so this really is the heart of the home. This is the heart of the home. That looks almost like a heart, doesn't it, church? This relationship must have a rhythm. It must have a, a flow. And that's what we see in Ephesians chapter 5. But I want you to see the absolute critical secret to a godly peaceful, content marriage, and one that I believe blesses the church, and one that I believe blesses the coming generations. And if you'll look in Ephesians chapter 5, I want you to surprisingly back up from the passage with men and women to verse 11. And I want us to read this together, and I want you to see the triangle. Even in Paul's writing, I want you to see the triangle. This is a word to the church. And remember, going orange involves the church and the home. They're not meant to be separated. They're meant to, to sink. They're meant to work together. And even the church and the home are, are broken because they have you and I in it. And we struggle with flesh and we struggle with sin. And, and we have struggle with relationships sometimes. And so you have a, a church that needs grace and a church that's not perfect uh, partnering with homes that aren't perfect, that have broken folks that are brought together there. And so we're working together, and, and, and to, to draw all this together and make something out of it, it requires the one key to it all. He says, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them, for it is shameful even to speak of things that they do in secret. He's talking to the church here. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, Awake, O sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Do you hear all the references to light? There's the church. There's the brightness of the church. He's woken us up. He's put his light in us. And so he says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of your time because the days are evil. He's saying, church, you've been given the light. You're the light of the world. Christ is in you. Make sure you don't walk in darkness. Don't, don't get those dark ways back in, into you. You must keep the light of the church bright. And so he's saying, brighten your light, church. Make sure you don't hide it. Make sure you don't dim it through unholy living. He says, here's how you do it, though, verse 17. He says, you, you need to not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And don't, don't get drunk with wine. That's not going to be the answer. That's debauchery. But be filled with the who? The Spirit. So be filled with the Spirit. Here it is. There's the top of the triangle for the church. He says, church, the only way that we're going to be able to be brought together in our brokenness healed and made to be the light to the world is if we are filled and connected to and driven by the Spirit. Remember I described the heart last week and I was talking about the fact that it had its own little electrical system and it had, there's a node in the heart that sort of generates this electricity and it generates this heartbeat and twitches this muscle and folks if that thing stops working right now for you what happens? We'll be gathered here in a few days. 
with you laying right here. If that impulse stops, fortunately we've invented machines, right? I've never had one of these things. Some of you may have had it done, but you probably don't remember it. Where they take the paddle and they put it right here and right here. And they mimic the node. They, they, sh they try to awaken that and get the electricity flowing again. And so they, they, uh, they, they jolt you with electricity and, the, and it reminds the heartbeat to get back in rhythm. And if you don't have a rhythm, you have an arrhythmia and you, you gather fluid and, and all sorts of bad things happen when the heart is not beating in rhythm with the node. And so the spirit is the key to the heartbeat of the church and it is also the key to the heartbeat of the home. But listen to what, when we're marching together, when we're, we're operating together as a church in beat with the Holy Spirit, when we are all in tune with that, listen to what kind of church we have. Look at verse 18, verse 19. We'll be addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your what? Your heart giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And here's what's going to happen. When we're in step with the Lord and we're being, our heartbeat and our life and our words and our thoughts are, be, are beating in sync with the Holy Spirit, we will, have, we will be possessed with a particular attitude and a particular bearing towards one another. And do you see it in verse 22 or verse 21? Here it is. We'll be yielding and submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Because of him, he's flowing down here to me, and I'm in rhythm with him over here. The type of relationship it's going to create between you and I is not one where we're lording over one another and demanding one another's rights and insisting on having our way. It's not going to be that kind of spirit. If you have that kind of spirit towards another church member or another person, that you're walking out of sync with God's spirit. So Paul says, here's how you line up a church and you get it operating and functioning right. You must all be filled with the Holy Spirit, a spirit-driven life. And I use the word driven, driven. When I used to practice the piano early on in life, my teacher made me use this, 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 uh, you remember what this thing is? Thank you. Metronome. It goes click, click, and you set the time. And then you try to play in rhythm with the metronome. And it was kind of how... It gave you the heartbeat of the song. Just like the click track I was talking about last week. And the Spirit is the metronome for your life and my life. And how do we know we're on the same page? How do we know we're walking in sync? In sync is that we will have a, a, a type of yieldedness and submissiveness to the Spirit that is going to turn us to one another in love. And even when we have to do difficult things and say difficult things to one another, it is in a type of humble, it is a type of yielded way, it is not ever prideful and lording over, and even when you're a leader, if you're a leader in the church, you have to make tough decisions, and you have to lead the way, and that doesn't mean we all agree about the carpet color, doesn't necessarily mean we all agree in lockstep with the paint color, 
I don't think the Holy Spirit, that's what he's really trying to get us in sync with. But that our attitudes and our hearts are walking in submissiveness to him and submissiveness to one another. So what we see is, is the spirit-driven church. And notice where he goes next. Here's where he goes next. Is after he deals with the, the church as a whole, he goes to that very key relationship, the foundational relationship in the church, and that is the marriage. In verse 22, he flows out of this. He flows out of the spirit, right? Where does he flow? Wives. Look at verse 22. Wives, be yielded and submissive to your husbands. Why? Because the church, if it's bright, if you're a part of the body of Christ, you're going to have a submissive spirit anyway, whether you're married or not. You're going to carry the heartbeat of the spirit into every relationship. And in particular, if you are married, you're going to have to make sure you're walking in step with the light of the church. And now you're going to carry the light and the heartbeat of the Holy Spirit. Now you're going to carry it into this relationship. And so that submissive spirit doesn't come to you because your husband's so wonderful. It doesn't come to you because well, the Bible says I've got to submit to that jerk. I'm just not going to do that. You know? And that's not the spirit. The spirit comes because you are a part of the body of Christ. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. You turn out of that connection to the church into your relationship and your connection into the home. And so you carry that into that relationship. And, you're, and you just keep marching to the spirit's beat with another church member. And that other church member just happens to be your husband. And so you're, and hopefully, he's doing the same thing. But it's interesting that in the heart, there is a division. The human heart, there's four chambers, but really two sides. Isn't it interesting how one side brings in one type of blood, and the other side brings in another type of blood, and they circulate it. One side brings in undeoxygenated. The other one brings in the oxygenated blood, and it circulates it. One side beats it into the other, and so this, this side pumps it into this side that pumps it out of that side, and it comes into that side, and there's this wonderful flow. And when Paul describes marriage... He describes it in this type of flow. Let's look at the way he breaks down marriage. You see, and when you have this kind of flow, when the woman is responding to Christ, yielded to him, and she brings that type of submissiveness and love into her marriage, this goes over to her man, and he is responding to the Holy Spirit who gives him a, a wonderful type of love, and that flows towards the woman, and it creates this type of marriage that is at the heart of the home. It is at the heart of the church. And so this type of marriage brightens the church. This type of marriage actually will heal and build up the heart of your mate. If you bring with you into your relationship a spirit-filled heart and you walk into that relationship spirit-filled not walk into that relationship to find out whether you want to be spirit-filled with that man or with that woman 
you bring it into that marriage, it will begin to build up and heal the heart of your mate. Watch this, verse 22. Wives, submit to your husbands, as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. And this type of submission I can talk more about later, but it is not a doing everything that is said. It's not a, a boss-employee type relationship. It is an attitude of working together with someone and, 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 and seeking the leadership of your husband and seeking to help him be who God originally wanted him and created him to be. And so this man hungers to be like Adam. And he doesn't know he has this hole in his heart. He has this brokenness because he was created to have dominion. He was created to have a kingdom. He was created to be a prophet and a priest and a king to his little world. That's what Adam was created to be. And yet since Adam fell in sin, men, we still have that desire. We still have that that uh, makeup in our nature to be a prophet, a truth teller, to be a priest, to represent God to our family, and to be a king, to offer rule and, and, and to offer leadership. That's in the heart of every man. It may not be evident. You may not see it, but I believe that's how God created it. And in the heart of this woman, in the heart of this woman, it is this desire to be completed by this man. There's this desire to be treasured and pursued and loved. And there, there's this desire, since Eve was created and given to man, and what was Adam's reaction? Whoa. Since that initial reaction, you are different than all the other animals. <laughs> You're awesome. She's bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. And there was this perfect intimacy. And that is where, how God designed that woman to be completed that way. And, and you see what sin did? Sin came in and broke both of them. Eve was made in absolute perfect beauty to satisfy her husband and God set it up so that Adam had this time without Eve. So he saw that. And now she looked at herself and realized because of sin, I'm no longer beautiful. I'm broken. And so Eve, since that day, has done everything she could to make herself beautiful. And Adam looked at Eve, who he lived to cover and to love and to treasure, he looked at her and realized when he saw the sin and he saw what he had done, he realized he was a failure. Since Adam failed, all of us men in our heart of hearts don't, we desperately don't want to be seen as failures. And so you see men trying to control, trying to dominate, trying to be big and strong it's in our nature and the reason we are trying to do that is because we were broken and we realized since the garden of eden we do not do a very good job leading we did not do a good job with eve 
and we don't do a good job necessarily in our own families, in our own lives, and so it creates this brokenness. And so what Paul is saying, he's saying, wives, in tenderness and submissiveness, walking in the Holy Spirit, you're going to have to turn to this broken man who in his heart wants to be respected. He wants to, he wants to know that he's not an absolute failure. And your tendency is going to be to point out how he's a failure. He's going to want you, in order to help build this man's heart, he's going to want you to turn and to respect him and to encourage him in his leadership. And not to demean him and make him belittled. Sin has already made him feel that way. And he's already trying to callous over his heart to not feel that way. And then he says, husbands, verse 25, love your wives. And even though sin has broken that relationship and sin has marred her inner beauty, she's no longer perfect like he, you're going to have to love her the way Christ loved the marred and broken people of the church. It is going to be, have, a, have to be a choice and you say, how can I do that? How can I maintain that? How can, how can we bring that? You can only do it if you are filled by who? The Holy Spirit. If you're out of this triangle, you're going to struggle. It's not easy even in the triangle. But out of this triangle, if you ladies, if you ladies can... Respect and love and honor your husband. If you can flow that oxygenated blood into his life unconditionally. Husbands, if you can love and respect and nurture the way Christ did, if you can pump that and continue to flow that into your wife, whether she is doing that or not. You see, each side, of, just imagine if your heart decided to operate the way most of our marriages do. The left side of your heart says, well, I'm going to wait for the right side to do its part. Then I'll decide whether I'm going to do my part. The node's just saying, do it, do it. Love, respect. Don't wait for the other side. If you start waiting, and so many marriages are in a waiting game. You say, what's the, what's the answer? Well, when, when this happens, and that flow is going, Paul says there's a mystery. It sheds light on another Trinitarian relationship, it sheds light on this. It sheds light on this relationship. The relationship between God the Father, the groom, which is Christ, and the bride, which is the church. And this is... <laughs> This is, has there been any love and grace flowing this direction? Absolutely. Love and grace 
flowing that direction. We worship and love Christ. We worship and love the Father. There is an eternal relationship between the Father and the Son of worship and grace. And in the midst of all this, in the midst of all this, what, what we are operating in, the whole sphere, is the, is the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of God, is calling us to worship the Father, is showing us the relationship of the Father to Christ, exalting Christ, and reminding us about love and grace. And Paul says the marriage, the marriage relationship points to and shines a light on this relationship, and this relationship reflects back on the marriage and says, marriages, do it like this. Love the church as Christ loved the church. Church, love Christ's wives. Love your husbands as the church loves Christ. And it says, here's a model, and it reflects back on the heart of the home. And I'm telling you, when this kind of grace, this kind of grace moves into the marriage, the marriage becomes uh, a light and it warms it up and it becomes a great witness to the coming generations and to our community. The end of this passage, he said, this mystery is profound, verse 32, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. Let each one of you love his wife as himself after she respects you as her husband. Is that what it says? No. Let the wife see that she respects her husband after he loves her? No. You just do your part. You do it because you're walking in rhythm with the Holy Spirit. And you allow the Spirit to work on him. Men, you allow the Spirit to work on your woman. And you offer love. There's something wonderful about the way God takes broken people, two broken people, and with the power of the Spirit in their lives, He heals them up. He gives them ability to have unconditional love. He gives them a spirit of grace. And He says, I'm going to take these two broken people and I'm going to put them together. I'm going to put them together. And when He took, takes those two broken people together, listen, and they connect to the Holy Spirit. This may seem strange. It's just the way I think. They start to beat in rhythm with God. And that flow of love and respect builds the heart of your mate. I was looking for a little video to maybe encourage us. And there was a song that I saw a couple of days ago. And the song starts off with a heartbeat. And this heartbeat, to me, is evidence of the Lord. And I want to just sing this song to you a little bit and watch this video. But listen to the words, watch the video. What do you think about when you look at me? I know we're not 
not that fairy tale you dreamed we'd be. You wore the veil, you walked the aisle, you took my hand, and we dove into mystery. How I wish we could go back to simpler times Before all our scars and all our secrets were in the light Now on this hallowed ground we've drawn the battle lines Will we make it through the night? It's gonna take much more than promises this time only God could change our minds. Maybe you and I were never meant to be complete. Could we just be broken together? If you could bring your shattered dreams and I'll bring mine, could healing still be spoken and save us? The only way will last forever is broken together. How it must been have been so lonely by my side. We were building kingdoms and chasing dreams and left love behind. Praying God will help our broken hearts align And we won't give up the fight It's gonna take much more than promises this time Only God could change our minds Maybe you and I were never meant to be complete Could we just be broken? shattered dreams and I'll bring mine could healing still be spoken and save us the only way will last forever is broken together Maybe you and I were never meant to be complete. Could we just be broken together? If you can bring your shattered dreams and I'll bring mine, could healing still be spoken and save us? The only way will last forever broken together mm. would you pray with me just for a moment I hope you hear in that song I hope you see in his word how the gospel 
and his grace brings broken people together. It allows for love to be unconditional because we've seen it. We've seen the way a Christ can love a church. It allows respect and honor to come out of a heart that is beating in sync with the Holy Spirit. And my prayer, church, is that this won't just make for happier, contented homes, that it won't just make for better marriages, because the ultimate end of all of this is that our homes and our marriages are a witness to the glorious grace of God. And the question of this, this invitation is really, is my life in sync with the Holy Spirit? Is there something between me and this God who loves me? Are you grieving the Holy Spirit in such a way that you're out of sync? And if, if it is, then this invitation is one to say, God, remove that sin from my life. Help me to walk in sync. It's not worth it. not worth it because when I'm out of sync with the Holy Spirit I bring that into my home I bring that into my relationships and so husbands look first to yourselves look first to God in this invitation today wives look first to the Lord and say am I walking in sync in yieldedness to the Holy Spirit am I quenching the Holy Spirit's work in my heart And after you've considered that vertical relationship with God, now, now turn to that person you're married to. If you haven't been married yet and you're young, maybe you need to, to turn to your parents and see, am I walking with the Spirit in the way that I treat my parents? Am I honoring and obeying my parents? Are you out of sync with God there? Because before you become married and enter into that relationship, you have a relationship where it's God, your parents, and you. And then when you get married, you leave that and you become in another connection, God, husband, wife. Church, are we walking in wisdom in these difficult days? Are we yielded to his spirit? That's my prayer for this pastor. That's my prayer for you. It's my prayer for my family. That we'll be a model of his grace and his goodness to this world. When we sing in just a moment, maybe this would be a time where you come and pray. If you'd like to come and pray here at the altar, we've got a big altar find a spot, maybe bring your mate with you and just say, let's walk in the spirit together. Maybe you're preparing your hearts for the future and you just want to come and say, God, I want to be ready and in tune with you. Maybe you're here and you've never trusted Christ and the Holy Spirit and you don't have a relationship because you've not turned to him and you can receive him as Lord and Savior today. Whatever the Lord puts on your heart, respond when we sing in just a moment. So Father, this is our time.
to thank you and praise you that you've taken broken people and put them together in a church. You've taken broken people and you put them together in marriages and you've healed them and you are working in them and help us walk in the spirit, Lord Jesus, for your glory as a witness to this world. And it's in your name we pray, amen.